Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be talking with Patty Smith. Patty is an incredible person doing incredible things here in Fort Collins. She is a retired nurse who used to manage the emergency room at Putter Valley Hospital prior to the institution of ER doctors. She began teaching nursing in medical office and terminology courses, as well as in local high schools in Colorado, to introduce students to many jobs in healthcare professions. In addition to being an RN in the first Gulf War, she ran her own business, Healthcare from the Heart Consulting. Most recently, Patty joined up with the Zonta Club of Fort Collins and initiated many programs, including one that introduced global women's healthcare issues to high school students. I am so blessed to have Patty with us in the studio today to learn what she is currently working on for our Fort Collins community. Thank you for coming. I just wanted to spend some time talking a little bit more about who you are first. I want to start with your story. So tell me more about how long have you lived here in Fort Collins and what did you do as a career first? I moved to Fort Collins in 1975 from Tucson, Arizona. I spent three years in Tucson working at a hospital after I graduated from my nursing program at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington. And I had never thought of moving to Colorado. My brother was in the service in Germany and wanted to go to CSU and not lose his GI Bill. So he said, please consider moving to Fort Collins so I can come and get my driver's license. And then I'll come back after the, I'm discharged and I'll live with you for a while. And I said, I don't think that'll work very well. <laughs> we lasted six months. Oh my God. And that's okay. It's, it's all for the good. So I've been here since 75. I met my husband here that year after I moved here. And we have three boys that are 38, 34, and 30, and four grandchildren, three little boys and one little girl that's four weeks old tomorrow. And what did you do here in Fort Collins? I worked at the hospital when I first started. And from there, I worked, I worked at the hospital in 75 in the emergency room before they had emergency room physicians, actually. Mm. So it was myself and an orderly who ran the emergency room wow. in 75 on the graveyard shift at wow. Poudre Valley. And then in the next spring, I took six weeks off and traveled with a girlfriend in Mexico that I'd met in Tucson and came back. And my husband and I got married, fiance at that time, we got married in 77. And, and I went back to PVH and worked a little bit. I worked in Longmont as the assistant director of nursing for three years, I worked at another hospital in between, and then I started a business. I was blessed to be able to teach high school students for 12 years in Fort Collins when Front Range first came into town. And I had students from 10 high schools, and I had a program, and it was an introduction to the healthcare profession, and we embedded a nurse aid program in this introductory program. And so I did that for 12 years, and then was invited to help a high school in Denver create a program like I used to teach. 
So I'm just closing my 20-year business. I've been blessed to work with school districts all over Colorado, wow. helping them to create a one-year program to introduce young adults to the healthcare profession. Wow. What were some of the accomplishments <clears throat> that you did within this program? Because I know that you had told me about doing some different projects, right, with the students. Right. I was blessed to be written into a huge federal grant with CU Med School and Aurora Public School System. And I was invited to create a program in an elementary school, a middle school, and in two high schools. And the elementary school was absolutely wonderful, although I was extremely exhausted at the end of every day. I was down there once a week for the first semester to help figure out how it would work. And we had 452 elementary school students in the gym every period. We had three kindergarten grades, three first grade, et cetera. So it was kindergarten through fifth grade. And then I hired a nurse in the Aurora community who ran it after that. And my best experience was in one of the high schools that I was working in. I was invited to come and teach on an every other Wednesday morning to see how I could condense my year-long program to an every other week program because I didn't have any other hours available in the daytime. Half of my students were born in refugee camps, and they were all going into healthcare so they could go back to their countries and go back and teach these young kids in these refugee camps just the basics, mm-hmm. how to wash your hands, mm-hmm. you know, about clean drinking water, and, and that there is hope for their, for their lives. They will be different at some point in yeah. time. And you prepared something for refugees as well, right? That's with the Zonta Club. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about Zonta as well, the Zonta okay. Club. Zonta was formed in 1919 out of the suffragette movement, which was the movement to allow women the right to vote. So we have a Zonta Club in Fort Collins. It's called the Zonta Club of Fort Collins, and it's 20 years old. And what we do is we make what's called birthing kits, and we partner with a nonprofit in Loveland called Think Humanity. And Beth takes our birthing kits to her health clinics in Uganda, and she has created four health clinics over the years that she's had her nonprofit, as along with many other things that she has done to help the individuals, who, the women and children who live in Uganda. So these birthing kits, all they are, are in a Ziploc, quartz-size Ziploc bag. They have a big sheet of black plastic, three feet by three feet. They have a pair of gloves so their hands will be clean. They have a bar, little bar of soap so that they can wash their hands before helping the women birth. And they have three cotton strings in case they drop one so they can still tie off the umbilical cord and a razor blade to cut the oh umbilical cord. Women over there, if they don't go to a health clinic to deliver their babies, they get turned away. And Beth heard a story about a woman who her friend had gone to deliver and ended up being turned away, and they found her and the baby alongside the road as she was walking home. It took her a half a day to walk there, and she had to turn around and go home. And so Beth looked into where could she find something to help these women, and she found an Australian birthing kit program. And we learned about the birthing kit process from a a lady who moved from Laramie to join our Zonta Club, and they had created over a 1,000 birthing kits in the Laramie Zonta Club. And as of October 2015, our Zonta Club created their 1,000th birthing kit with the help of the red carpet in the chamber here in Fort Collins, right? So, And we now work with high school programs, and these young adults make 400 birthing kits a year. And then we talk to them about you know, global health, women's health care issues. Mm-hmm. And then we give the birthing kits to Beth and she comes and speaks at each of these events. So that they can learn about right. what's going on 
abroad as well. Right, exactly. And the first year we did this was probably six years ago. And I mean, we were all in tears. The students were saying, I saved a baby today. I saved a mom today. They were connecting with what they were doing with women and babies and children that they will never, ever meet. So it was so very exciting. Are you continuing those efforts as well? Yes, we have a project coming up October 10th at CSU with the College of Women's Business Organization, and they'll be making 400 birthing kits. How many events do you have a year to create these birthing kits? Usually it's only one, and this year we'll probably do two because Beth can only take so many with her. They put them in their suitcases. They can pack about 150 when they go. Do they get past security with the birthing kits? Because I know you said there's razors in there. And do they ever run into people confiscating some of these kits? They don't. They're in duffel bags. They're in their suitcases with their clothes. And we've got the black three by three black plastic sheets all folded up. Everything goes inside these black plastic. You're checking it through so you're not carrying it on. Right, exactly. Yeah, it should be. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about this legacy project that you're doing here in Fort Collins, because when we met, I was thinking about it today where we met, and I think, was it about maybe four years ago? I don't even remember, but I feel like you were just starting to get this legacy project together, and I know that you've been working on it for a few years, and this is something that's coming out more, I think, with some of the different fundraising events that you're having, and things are just coming together, and I wanted to learn a little bit more about your legacy project that you're doing here in Fort Collins. Thank you for asking. Needless to say, it's a huge passion of mine to be able to recognize women for their accomplishments. We all know that for years, women have been the driver of making change in our country, starting with the suffragette movement Mm -hmm. back in the 1800s. took them over 80 years, and still not all states have ratified that movement, needless to say. And so it's really important for us to be able to recognize women so that young girls growing up know of the accomplishments of women. And there's research that shows in National Geographic scientific magazines, many times women over the years have done research and have been the principal writer, but yet they don't get the recognition for even being a part of the research project, which is very unfortunate. But times are changing. So this project was initiated in December of 2013. I'd been down to Denver to the convention center and going back to my car, I saw mosaic tiles of women and men on the east wall of the convention center under an overhang, which I believe is a service drive. And there wasn't a sign on it. So I went home. I counted them. It was 40 women, 40 men. I went home and looked it up. It's called the Colorado Panorama. And it's 40 men and 40 women who helped create the foundation of our state of Colorado. Mm. So I went home and looked it up, looked into it, met with Kathy Gilland, who had been the MC of our first two fundraisers for the Zonta Club, which is a women's author event that we host every year in May before Mother's Day. And I asked her, I said, you know, I don't know if this is viable. What do you think? So she sent me to Matt Robinoff, who was her employee when she was the mayor of Loveland years ago. And I took this little idea to him one day, and he said, come back in a couple of weeks. You need to meet Ed Stoner, who is the Old Town Properties Manager person. So I went back and he said, this sounds like a good idea. So they called me several weeks later and I went back and we went from December to probably the middle of February with an idea to an approval and a location in Old Town where we could put our portraits when we got them accomplished. Then I took a deep breath and That's not very long. (laughs) No. And I took a deep breath and I thought, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) It was a little anxiety producing, exciting and anxiety producing at the same time. 
So we are now, as of last December, four years down the road. Mm-hmm. We've had over 100 community members help nominate women, and we've had seven selection events where community members have been on our selection team and have helped us select 48 women as of last December. And they are women who are deceased and are currently living. They don't all live in Fort Collins, but they're women who have lived here at one time and have impacted Fort Collins, mm-hmm. the community that, in which we live. And where will this display? The display will be housed on the north side windows of Cooper Smith's poolside restaurant. There are six beautiful black windows on the north side, and the first several will be the portraits, four on each window, and then there's a door to the building, and then there's another window that will be our information window to explain what it's all about. Can you share some of the first round of women that will be displayed, and when will that be? Yes, we're planning for next March of 2019 for the first 12 women because that's Women's History Month. And we think that's very important to have these put up at that time. Mm -hmm. Some of our women that we are representing will be Betty Aragon-Matotis. I introduce her as the Martin Luther King for our Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. Becky Hammond, the CSU basketball star who played in Europe, and she's the first woman hired as an assistant coach in the NBA. Dr. Temple Grandin Mm -hmm. at CSU. We selected these women in groups of 12. And individuals can go to our website and see the first 24 women selected. And that is at www.livingherlegacy.org. There you'll see right at the top tab, it says first 24 women. And we'll soon have up the second 24 women rotating as well. So you'll see their picture and you have a little description of why they were nominated. I know that you are working on some different fundraising events. We have a our second annual women's concert. And first, let me say, last year was our first women's concert, and it was singer-songwriters. So they'd all written their own music last year. This year, it's celebrating women with music through the ages. Our age groups go, we have a young woman who's 10. We have a young woman who's 15. We have a young woman who's, I didn't ask her age, thirty, late 30s, early 40s. <laughs> and we have a, a woman my age in her 60s. So it's going to be really fun. And what about some of the other things that maybe you might need from the community or any help financially or time-wise? We can always use volunteers to help with a variety of different things, with fundraising, with publicity, and giving us ideas. We're, we're very open to suggestions on how to get the word out on this project. With fundraising, we have always any nonprofit needs support with fundraising. Individuals who... Um, know somebody who might be interested in the arts that might be interested in learning more about this project or just anybody in the community, men and women. One of the things that we'll be doing starting in the spring, we're going to be hosting role model mentor art workshops quarterly to introduce young adults to these women's histories and to help young adults learn more about role models in their lives and think about who role models and mentors were in their lives. And we'll host these at various nonprofits that support young adults, like Matthew's House, the Osset Lawn Center After School Program. We'll do one at the community center for the community at large. And we, our artist who is going to be facilitating these workshops is considering doing, it's going to be an intergenerational workshop with children probably in a certain grade level in elementary okay. school and with older adults. And they'll share their experiences with role models and mentors together, and they'll make an art project together. Okay, so it'll be a group setting with some 
seasoned artists yes, and then some newer artists, upcoming artists. Will it be something that people would register for through Northside Aslan? Yes, and through our website. We'll need volunteers to help us because we'll have 20 students. And we don't know yet if we'll have 40 with 20 adults and 20 children or if it'll be 10 and 10. Okay. So we don't know that yet. But we will need volunteers to help as we facilitate these role model mentor okay. art workshops. Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. Speaking of starting young, you had also mentioned that going back to the Her Legacy project, that these women that you're focused on, the 48 women, are also going to be written into curriculum. Is that correct? That's correct. We've been meeting with the curriculum committee at Poudre School District. Mr. Robert Beauchamp is the curriculum director, and we've met with the social studies facilitator and the art facilitator for the school district for over the last three, four years. And they have agreed to support their teachers to be able to write curriculum for second grade Fort Collins history, fourth grade Colorado history, middle and high school social studies and art classes. And also Dr. Caridad Souza is the dean of the women's studies department at CSU, mm -hmm. and she will also include some of the stories in one of her classes as well. So it's That's very amazing. exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited about that just because my kids are also coming up through their history classes, and it'll be really interesting to mm -hmm. watch how they get this part of it, and especially women's history. Well, as the portraits are put up, the artists have a picture, and then from that picture, they create a woodcut portrait. It's similar to a Japanese woodcut, similar looking to Picasso's woodcut artwork. And when they get those completed, we'll put them up in groups of 12. They'll be on panels. There'll be four women's portraits on each panel. And there's room for the first 24 up, but we'll do them in stages. So as they rotate out, the panels will be utilized in classrooms as standalone examples as they learn about these women so they can see their portraits. And they'll be able to see their initial picture and the portrait and the differences in that. And then our goal is to have them in museums as well down mm -hmm. the road. Our goal when we started this project was that it was to be an education art exhibit. On our website, we'll have a gallery page for each individual woman. It'll have their bio and their, it'll have statements of what would you recommend to a young girl who is trying to find out her passion? How did you deal with some of the challenges as you went through your life journey? And some different things like that that will be interspersed on their gallery page. We'll have the videos that our videographer is doing for us on that page mm -hmm. as well. And we'll have pictures of them that they have sent to us as well. And it'll be in English and in Spanish on the wow. website. And we're working with Denny Moyer, who is one of our legacy honorees, and she mm -hmm. is the founder and owner of Insight Skills Center. So she's helping me with the information that we need to put in Braille and the size of the font and things so it will be accessible to everybody. Wow. That's incredible. So it is It is a huge project. Mm -hmm. We had no idea where From we would be. a little idea. Yeah, right. We had no uh -huh. idea. Where Which I love. Yeah. So we're just taking it one day at a time. 
part of the reason why I'm doing this show too is because I've met so many people here in Colorado, outside of Colorado, that have inspired me. So I remember the first day that I met you, I kept watching you and you were telling me all the things you were doing. And I thought, my gosh, you know, I feel like I'm very busy running around and I look at you and you come up with these ideas and off you go, which is kind of like how I operate as well. Yes, it is. But, you know, I look at you and I'm thinking, okay, what inspired you to keep going? You've had your career, right? You've got mm -hmm. your family. Mm -hmm. What keeps you going? I mean, what makes you think that I've still got to continue to give back to the community? It's the way I was raised. I was raised on a farm in North Dakota. And I tell people I grew up driving a tractor, picking rocks. And my mother was my inspiration. She was a registered nurse. That's how come I ended up being a registered nurse. And we were 30 miles out of town on the farm. Mm -hmm. So she drove to work 30 miles. And today, living in Fort Collins, you know, we drive to Denver. So it's not right. a big deal. But back there, it was a big deal that she was driving that far every day to go to work mm -hmm. and come home. Because sometimes she'd be home at 1 and 2 in the morning if mm -hmm. she was working the evening shift. And she was my inspiration. She gave back to people in our community. We had elderly neighbors that lived just up the hill from us. And Margaret, the wife, had really bad arthritis. And her husband could get upstairs to go to bed, but she couldn't. So every night for about six or seven years or more, when my mom got home from work, she would first go to Margaret's house, help her get in her pajamas, and help her go to bed on the couch. And sometimes it was one, two in the morning. But she did that every day, seven days a week, for many, many years. And she was the only woman in the investment club in this little town of 900, and all the rest were men. She was my inspiration wow. to give back. People always ask me, why do you do this? I honestly feel like I want to do it. I have this idea and it doesn't really matter if anybody agrees with me or I'm not really doing it for fame or fortune or anything like oh, that. Right. No, me right? either. But my secondary, and I don't know if this is true for you too, but my secondary reason is because my kids, I want my kids to see that anything is possible. If you have something like your idea, mm -hmm. you don't know how far it's going to go. But you just got to do it because you have that urge. You have that feeling like it doesn't matter. I think it's a good idea. I think it's going to help other people. Mm -hmm. I just met your son and I thought one of the funniest things that he said at this meeting that we had was, mm -hmm. well, when your mom says that you need to be on this or she says show up, I show up. I kind of sat back and I thought, oh my gosh, I hope my son's like that too. If I just say, you know what, I'm doing this for the community and you know, it'd be great if you showed up. I'm sure you didn't say you've, you've got to do this because I mean, he's right. a grown man now, right? right? right. But at the same time, I was thinking... I don't know if you're modeling just by you doing who you are. Can you see it coming out in your kids and then also your grandkids too? Yes, I can. And it's been a humbling experience to have the boys in their different professions relate some of their experiences and how they are today back to me and how they were raised. That's amazing. See, and now I'm going to tear. I'm not doing it for the kids right, right now. I'm doing it because I feel like it's going to be good. But that's ultimately when people ask me why I do what I do. It's because, mm -hmm. you know what? I want my kids to see that you can get out there and you can follow your idea and follow your dream. But it starts with an idea, right? Like yes. exactly like what you said. Mm -hmm. And then it's making it accessible to the young. I love your project because it's going to go into the schools at an elementary age all the way up to college. And I think that's really important because when it's something that is in your community and you actually see the fruits of the labor, you actually see the artists, you have other things coming together in this project. It's not just... Let's highlight women and put them up somewhere. It's going to be written into the history curriculum. You've got this whole project going. And that's just what impressed me about this project. And, and I'm glad that you're here to speak about it because I would like more people to 
learn about the project, but also about people like you who are going to be able to make a change in this community. And I love how it started with just a small idea. I love that. It was, And you had no idea where it was going to go. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. We had no idea. And we, we don't know it. We take it one day at a time. And how it grew organically. So I would talk to somebody or business owner about potentially sponsoring it. And they'd say, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about art insurance? Well, no, I didn't know I needed that. Have you thought about how are you going to keep them in the window? Well, I hadn't gotten there. I guess I have to hire a construction consultant. Those kinds of things. They said, you need to use a QR code on your right. portraits. But you also need to put your website because if the QR code is printed askew, then that it won't work. But you need to have it available for all age groups to be mm -hmm. able to use their technology today to be able to learn about these women. Because yep. not everybody's going to go to the website. And that's a good point because a lot of people that start off on ventures or they don't ever start off on their venture is because they think, I don't know what I'm doing and there's going to be too many hiccups along the way. But that's a good point right there because you just have to start and right. you find the people that are going to help you along the way and you just pivot. Like that's one of my favorite words is you just kind of have to start, you figure out what needs to get done and then you just get it done. That's incredible because you just spoke to that as well. And mm -hmm. I think that's super important for people to understand mm -hmm. that you just have to start. You yeah, know? It's like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you think about it and think about it, think about it, you're mm -hmm. never going to get anything accomplished. Right, right. I mean, it's the action that makes things happen. And many people, when you read about their stories, they didn't see the end in sight first. Mm -hmm. And I know I've heard from many people that you have to start with the end in sight first so you know how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. But for many of us, it doesn't work that way. You do, you have your idea, and then you just try this, and then you take the next step and the mm -hmm. next step. And like all of these individuals who have asked me all these questions, they've all helped create this project for our community. And whoever the guests will be that come and see this unbelievably historic public art exhibit recognizing women's accomplishments, it's one day at a time. And what's incredible is that you're doing this as it's called Her Legacy Project, but really it is your legacy because it is going to be remembered for many years to come. And you were the person that started it all. Yes, but that was not the intent. True, but it is going to be, yeah. Just because for you to be able to mobilize a lot of people in the community, it, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait. I can't either. <laughs> It'll be a huge celebration in March Great. of 2019. We have red carpet and flex events and they even have the old movie theater red velvet ropes nice. and things. And so we'll have the portraits that are up covered up with the big black curtain that they have mm -hmm. and then we'll have this red carpet for the women and it'll and be that'll so be exciting. the unveiling of the first twelve. Correct? First twelve, right. And then every six months thereafter there'll be another twelve. Because it takes twenty to thirty hours per portrait for the mm -hmm. artist to complete these wood reduction prints. And we have three women artists in the different age groups, one in her twenties, one in her forties and one in her 60s. Wow. So it's very exciting. It all falls into place. Wow. It's rolling out starting March. Yes. After four years. Right. How does that make you feel? Oh, it's very exciting, but it's anxiety producing because <laughs> I still need to raise money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm putting it out to the universe that we will have the first unveiling the end of March before yep. Women's History Month concludes in right. 2019. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for spending your time with us today and getting the story out and the project out. And I'm hoping that people will connect and help out in ways mm -hmm. that they feel like they can reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very honored. Thank sure. you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World. And thank you, NOCO FM 
for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM.